Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, Israel prepares for its next move in the conflict with Hamas as continued hostilities have already killed over 6,500 people on both sides. Green development and economic cooperation are high on the agenda of California Governor Gavin Newsom's week-long tour in China, and the Argentine Economy Minister Sergio Massa has surprised all by taking the most votes in the presidential election. A second round of voting takes place next month. We start with the ongoing conflict between Israel and Palestine. The Israeli military says it's preparing for what it calls unrelenting attacks to dismantle Hamas. It claims to have struck more than 320 targets in Gaza over 24 hours. Hamas's armed wing says its fighters engaged with Israeli troops who entered southern Gaza and forced them to withdraw. The continuing hostilities have so far killed over 6,500 people on both sides. In the meantime, Hamas has released two elderly hostages on what they say humanitarian grounds. John Gambro has details. They were released uh, after Hamas issued a statement saying they were going to be let go on humanitarian grounds. Hamas also has released footage of its fighters massed, carrying Kalashnikov rifles, giving the women uh, power and er, energy bars as well as tea before bring, handing them over to the International Committee of the Red Cross. As one of the hostages was walking away, she waved at her captor, whose name was bleeped out in the Hamas video, and said "Shalom," which means peace or goodbye in Hebrew, and then got in that Red, tru- uh, red Cross van to then go to the border with Egypt. They crossed the Rafah border. That's where all that aid has been coming in to the into Gaza in recent days. Then they were immediately uh, helped down from the truck by the Red Cross. One of the women actually hugged one of the Red Cross officials who seemed very emotional. Then Egyptian paramedics put them in the back of two separate ambulances. The woman needed help walking, but otherwise they did seem okay when they got in the back of the ambulance, were strapped in, and had their vital signs checked. This comes after we saw two other hostages, a, a mother and her daughter from Chicago, Illinois, in the United States, released in recent days. And there does seem to be a continued international effort to get the rest of these 200 hostages that Hamas holds in the Gaza Strip to freedom. In the last couple of days, we've heard the Israeli military say that they want to hit harder and more at areas in Gaza. And they've said that in the last 24 hours, they've hit some 320 targets alone. It's a lot of ordnance that they're dropping on Gaza, particularly in the south as well. And you have to keep in mind that the Israeli military days ago had told those in northern Gaza and Gaza City to flee south to avoid these airstrikes and to avoid the coming Israeli ground offensive. Now, for a lot of these people there, they're finding out that really nowhere is safe. And some are actually even moving back north because of these strikes. That was John Gambro reporting from Jerusalem. The situation in the Gaza Strip continues to worsen, despite a third convoy of trucks carrying supplies reaching the territory. Palestinian health authorities say the area is facing multiple challenges, including the acute shortage of medical staff, medicine, and power supplies, as well as possible outbreaks of disease. Noor Harazin reports. 
There have been a series of uh, intense Israeli airstrikes on the Gaza Strip and the people are actually very afraid of the night because Israel intensifies its airstrikes on the Gaza Strip during the uh, night time. Israel uh, attacked hundreds of uh, locations and targets here in Gaza. We are talking about residential homes, streets, uh, around the hospitals, uh, family homes where the families were inside their homes and uh, most of the attacks were in southern Gaza. Well, the very little number of humanitarian aid that is entering the Gaza Strip is actually not enough to uh, cover uh, and meet the needs of the Gaza Strip, especially that the Gaza Strip is going through this very deadly war with uh, Israel. Uh, according to the UN, the Gaza Strip needs at least 100 uh, trucks of aid daily to meet the uh, needs of the children uh, of the uh, civilians uh, during the health ministry statement they insisted that what the hospitals in Gaza need is fuel to help the hospitals operate and treat those who were injured especially in the light of the arrival of hundreds of injuries to the Gaza's hospitals every day that was Noor Harazin on the unfolding humanitarian crisis in Gaza Tensions have also flared up between Israel and Lebanon. Lebanon's national news agency says four Hezbollah fighters were killed and another four injured in border confrontations with the Israeli army on Monday. From Tel Aviv, Ross Cullen has more on the fighting at Israel's northern border. The IDF uh, dealing with uh, the situation in and around Gaza, the build-up of troops, the build-up of uh, tanks and infantry ahead of that widely expected uh, ground incursion, but reinforcements also going to the north of the country. And just uh, not so long ago, we've had a, a comment from an IDF uh, spokesman uh, saying that, quote, terrorists fired a short time ago at an IDF position in the area of uh, Mashav Am, which is a community pretty much on the border, the UN line of control between Israel and Lebanon. Uh, and saying that the IDF responded with uh, fire and shooting uh, towards the position that was coming from, which was inside Lebanon, another Hezbollah uh, location. It's believed that uh, the weaponry and the manpower of Hezbollah is um, pretty substantial and better. Uh, they're better trained and better equipped than Hamas. So that is a worry for uh, Israel particularly. We've heard those um, comments from especially the US President Joe Biden just saying don't, don't, don't to any actors, potentially like Iran or non-state actors, potentially Hezbollah, who are looking to try to get involved in this conflict. Uh, people like the United States and France do not want to see that conflict widening, but there is a special focus at the moment in the north. We have seen for several days now ongoing evacuations by Israeli authorities of Israeli towns and villages in that border area with Lebanon. That was Ross Cullen in Tel Aviv. Turning to China, California Governor Gavin Newsom is on a week-long tour of China to promote ties with Chinese provinces in green development and economic cooperation. He has paid a visit to a bus depot in Shenzhen and test-driven some of the electric cars there. Newsom kicked off his trip in Hong Kong on Monday and is scheduled to visit Shanghai and Beijing in the coming days. Chao Chufeng has details.
Shenzhen is the first major city around the world to have an all-electric bus fleet and taxi fleet.、Uh, when Newsom was here, he looked through、uh, all the electric buses here. He looked at the charging poles. He even took a test drive of some electric cars that was brought to the depot.、Um, in an interview with us, he told us that、uh, even though there are similar things back in California, but not at the scale. So he was quite impressed. It's not a very easy task to support a, such a big public green transportation system. It would mean you would need a lots of charging facilities throughout the city. In Shenzhen right now, there are about forty thousand charging stations, and the city is aiming for more. They are now building more superchargers,、uh, which are facilities that can、um, charge electric vehicles much quicker than ordinary ones. Local government says. They will have no less than 300 supercharger stations by the end of March next year. Now, about one third of Chinese immigrants to America are living in California, and China and the U.S. state have a long history in collaboration across various sectors, including on tackling climate change.、Um, many MOUs、uh, were also signed between Newsom's、uh, predecessors and China. Now, Newsom's trip this time. Is considered as very crucial to reinforce such partnership and also collaboration with China. He's going to visit multiple cities, and he's got a full agenda, including meeting、uh, government officials,、um, visiting、uh, clean green energy facilities, as well as signing MOUs. That was Cao Chufeng on California Governor Kevin Newsom's China visit. The Colombian president is also visiting Beijing until Thursday. This is Gustavo Petro's first state visit to China after taking office in August last year. Yang Chenxi has more on what to expect from this trip. At the invitation of President Xi Jinping, President of the Republic of Colombia Gustavo Petro is paying a state visit to China as the Latin American leader seeks to strengthen ties with the world's second biggest economy. According to Colombian officials, a major topic of the two presidents' discussion will be the construction of a metro system in the Colombian capital of Bogota. President Petro has previously said that he hopes China can further help Colombia with transportation projects based on the use of trains and electric technologies. The Bogota Metro project is being carried out by a consortium of the China Harbor Engineering Company and Xi'an Rail Transit Group. It is the largest public works project in the country. President Petro's visit follows other Latin American leaders, namely Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro last month and the Chilean President Gabriel Boric, who took part in the just-concluded Belt and Road Forum in Beijing. Although Colombia has not signed on to China's Belt and Road Initiative, trade and investment relations between the two sides have grown over the years. China is Colombia's second biggest trading partner, and bilateral trade volume reached 22.6 billion U.S. dollars in 2022, showing a 13% year-on-year growth. One of the bright spots has been Colombia's exports to China, which grew by 25% last year, consisting of high-quality produce such as coffee and avocado. That was Yang Chenxi reporting. 
Turning to South America, there has been a surprise result in Argentina's presidential election. Economy Minister Sergio Massa took the most votes despite overseeing record inflation and poverty levels. This reversal of pre-vote expectations has given the ruling party candidate momentum into a runoff scheduled for next month. Joel Richards explains. The Peronists march on. Despite the worst economic crisis in decades, Argentina's economy minister, Sergio Massa, won the first round of presidential elections. Massa commanded a six-point advantage over second-placed Javier Milei, the far-right firebrand who had been leading most opinion polls ahead of Sunday's vote. The Conservative Alliance candidate, Patricia Bullrich, finished third. These results set up a second round runoff on November the 19th between Sergio Massa and the libertarian candidate Javier Milei. Two candidates with very different visions for Argentina. A political outsider, Milei transformed this year's election campaign with radical economic proposals and an aggressive stance against the political establishment. That earned him the nickname Mini Trump after the former United States president. Millet seeks to polarize voters and focus on the economy. To the backdrop of triple-digit inflation, both Massa and Millet seek to convince voters they can solve the country's deep-rooted economic and social difficulties, but with radically different approaches. That was Joe Richards on Argentina's presidential election. Recapping today's headlines. Israel prepares for its next move in the conflict with Hamas as continued hostilities have already killed over 6,500 people on both sides. Green development and economic cooperation are high on the agenda of California Governor Gavin Newsom's week-long tour in China. And the Argentine economy minister Sergio Massa has surprised all by taking the most votes in the presidential election. A second round of voting takes place next month. And that's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Yu. Thank you for listening.